dude. Hey, what's up? I danced for six straight hours at work last night and I'm tired as fuck. But I got someone in here today that's sure to wake my ass up. And by the way, it's Casey Coop, and you're tuned into Casey's Freak Show podcast on the Meltdown Comics Network. I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling like a little shy schoolgirl today, um, which is very rare for me. Uh, that's because I've got Chris Zyshig, a.k.a. Danny Wild, sitting across from me. And if you don't know who he is, he is an ex-porn star twink, musician, and author of the new book, Body to Job. But I feel like you'll always be a twink in my eye. Oh, that's great. No, I love that. I wish that I would just stay a twink forever. Yeah, you. I feel like you've been posting a lot about being an <laughs> aging twink, and I'm like, that's the funniest shit because I never like thought about that concept before. I was just like, a twink's a twink forever. Yeah, but I'm I'm 32 now. 32. Like a, oh, like a washed up ass man. I'm 29. Sucks. I feel it. I feel it. I get less and less guys at the strip club saying like, "You don't look 29." You know what I mean? Like they'd always be like. <laughs> I thought you were 22, and now it's like, how old are you? 29? Okay. Like, they just nod. They're like, cool. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, I, <laughs> I, don't know, I still think you look pretty young. Thank you. you. Oh, are. I was just fishing. I was totally okay. just fishing. <laughs> um, so you did fucking Allison Stevenson's uh, show last night. How Was that here at Meltdown? No, it was at UCB on Sunset. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. How was that? What did, what did what was it like? <laughs> It was f- it was fun. It ended up being cool. I was not really prepared for. I I didn't understand what it was. It was a panel show. That's right. I've I've seen posts about it. Yeah, and I'm not a comedian. And oh no, most everyone else there was a, were comedians. Um, mm. but the topic was porn, and they wanted to have me on, and they you know, they pitched the book and so forth, which was nice. Oh cool. Yeah, it's probably awkward if everyone's just like slinging punchlines, and you're like, um, that's not my deal, but. You're like the educational panelist. Yeah, something like that. You're necessary. Um, so I guess we'll just dive into it because there's just so much goodness to get into on this yeah, episode. Sure. Um, you talk about becoming disenchanted with the porn industry. But before we get to that part, I want to talk about the seduction phase, yes, pun intended, of uh-huh. getting into porn. Like, when did that happen and how? Um, I was 19 uh, a student Damn. Like, at UC you Santa Cruz. Yeah. Wow. When I was 19, I feel like I was a newborn. Like, that's just like, you're not even a human yet. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way, except I don't know. I mean, I was, I wasn't looking to get into porn. I was, uh, so in the San Francisco Bay area, it's like obviously known for having like a huge gay population. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, found myself on Craigslist <laughs> looking for jobs. Uh, I didn't, get any calls back for a couple of months for like regular jobs like getting like oh. being a barista things like oh, that for some reason i immediately thought craigslist like sex work like jobs. well yeah like everyone thinks that now but back then that's not what i was thinking about but that's what i found obviously um but it didn't start out with like porn it started out with like kind of like i'm making quotes with my fingers when i say yes, art I modeling jobs oh yeah yeah which is essentially like sleazy dudes being like yeah get naked oh yeah like you look way hotter with a boner oh my god (laughs) you know what i mean so uh were you just like down you were like it's money like whatever yeah and i i mean i have to say at that point in my life like i probably wanted to do something bad more (laughs) often than not and i don't know they didn't even thought of that as bad but it was also nice like 
the attention i guess i mean i won't lie like yeah. when people say like you're beautiful or they like want like especially at that age it like meant a lot to me at now i'm like a <laughs> jaded old fuck and i don't me care too. But... me too when i got into dancing i was definitely in the midst of like this insane like hypersexual activity you know recreationally so i was like whatever i'm just gonna profit off this and i loved the attention and i yeah. loved all the compliments and now the compliments are cool but like it, they're a dime a dozen <laughs> like whatever yeah I, I think we're on the same page so i mean after a few months of that like jerking off in front of dudes i <laughs> um i found an ad also on craigslist but it was for um kink.com before they were called kink.com okay and they were looking for like guys it was a straight scene but it was it was like me as a submissive so like i got tied up by girls and like fucked in the ass with a strap on and like whipped and stuff like that and had you done any butt stuff before this time i hadn't been fucked i mean i put something up there i think to try it out I don't I don't know that I really like it to this day. It's something like I'll do for money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's funny. It was like your first scene. Yeah. Um but it was like they were so professional. It was very it was strange. Compared to everything else I'd done prior to that, this seemed like, oh wow, you guys have a studio and like people are <laughs> checking in on me and um <laughs> offering me f- snacks and water and I don't know. Like, I've heard from other people they had a completely different experience. But to me, it was really positive. And a week later, mm-hmm. they were like, hey, one of our guys bailed on, like, this week-long trip we're going to do in, in Napa. And we want to hire you for, like, I don't know, a little over $1,000, which blew my mind at that age. Wow, yeah, I know. It would have to me, too. Yeah. And so you just di- you dove in. It just took off. And you were doing it for eight years, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, so you retired at 27 um i guess that's true what i mean there may be a slightly overlap because i i was like almost 20 so i feel like i was 28 when i quit it was through just most of your 20s yeah just yeah exactly what do you so now you're retired from it right do you miss anything about doing porn um not in the sexual sense i mean i'll be honest about that i I I don't know. I mean, I yeah, it kind of made me want to be more normal, if that makes sense. Yeah, like that, I'm in I'm in a monogamous relationship, yeah. and it's like I would say my sex life is pretty great, but it's with one person, and I don't really I don't really miss it because I feel like I've fucked like most kinds of people at this yeah, point in my that's life. That's how I feel too. Is like <laughs> even I mean I still dance, but even just like all of those years of just like intense hookups and like sex addiction and craziness like being now in a monogamous relationship to me is like the kinkiest thing like it feels so like erotic to be so vulnerable with somebody i like feels great like i joke that that's my new bdsm because like it hurts all the time but it's nice it's so nice when you just go from like the craziness and like you've opened every door tried everything it's just nice to be (laughs) to be monogamous i completely agree um i'm the same i i miss the money <laughs> really was it like better back then because logan pierce was just talking about it on the podcast and i've just noticed sex work in general like the money going down oh yeah i mean i missed the money from a very specific point in time and it was it was never huge for me but i guess it's it's more even the money versus time exactly um exactly 
Because, like, I have some months now where I do okay, but, like, I work a fuckload. Because mm-hmm. that's, like, that's real life. Yeah, I know. I was, like, in January, I got fed up, and I was, like, the money's been bad in dancing. I'm done here. And I just started going on Craigslist, not sex ads, obviously. Yeah. And I started reaching out to friends, going on interviews, making cover letters. But then I'd be sitting in the office getting the interview and I was like oh this is horrible like even just the being there I'm like how do people like you said it's the time value of money like I can be spending my time like pouring it into my creative ventures so it's hard to be like like should I work full-time like fuck no (laughs) but you don't work full-time though do you um I no longer have a full-time job but I I am like a freelance predominantly video editor but i do work on film sets sometimes like as a grip a a variety of things kind of whatever people want that i'm able to do so multi-talented yeah like part of why i did porn was like to get myself through film school Mm. so i i'm not like amazing director or anything but you know i i can do a lot of the below the line gigs that's rad it's funny because i i did like dancing after college because i went through college to make my parents happy and then i'm like i'm never doing any of that shit again and it's funny because everyone's always like but you have a degree like i could fall back on it but i find that in this day and age it's very difficult to get any work even if you have a bachelor's oh that's true i Um, like i like dancing so much better you still dance though, right? Sometimes. I do. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you do video editing. Do you do like other? Well, you're. We'll get to it in a bit, but you're writing and selling yeah. books too. That's true. I mean, I would love to do that for a living, but I've. It's kind of become really obvious to me how um, little money there is in selling yeah. books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like it's really personally gratifying, and like. You know, I have a cult audience, and I think uh, hopefully with this book there will be marginally more, a, a bigger, I don't know, there may be some more sales. I'm hoping for that, um, but it's I don't see any way that it could support myself. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> One of my best friends is a novelist, and she got a book deal for like, I think it was a th- three book deal basically she'll write these young adult novels yeah and she's like and i thought it would be and she went to school for this and everything she's brilliant and she's like i thought it would be this much money x amount of money yeah she's like after a couple months of paying rent it was gone i'm like oh my god like it's great like even if it's your fucking like schooled novelist yeah um, there's like you have to be like stephen king or like someone right. like that <laughs> jk rowling exactly. um but so I guess like that I asked, what do you miss about it? What do you not miss? What, where did the disenchantment come in? Like, why did you leave? Okay. Um, well, <laughs> I, I first just want to say like porn was not like bad to me. Um, but I guess the reason I left had to do with, um, with uh, frequent use of erectile dysfunction medication as really? like a performance enhancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I've had to talk about this a lot, but I'll <laughs> keep talking about Just it. Just keep it, talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it's got like pretty much every guy in porn, save for a few of the older dudes who were like in before Viagra was readily oh. available. Um, they all use this it's not like we can't get hard on set it's just like the frequency and consistency mm-hmm. with which you need to do the job in these like very strange circumstances that's what logan pierce was talking about in his book was like he's like he, he got flustered the first time it was suggested that he used it but then he found out it was just a tool of filming that was just a yeah. part of the job like 
I know one person who claims not to use it, but I don't <laughs> even know if I believe him. Uh, but for me, you know, I took this for most of my 20s and I ended up in the hospital a few times for like when you're for priapism, when your erection doesn't go down. Um, and that was horrifying. Oh, no. Because they have to like, they bleed it out. It's really Oh, bad. my yeah. God. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> It sounds like an old-fashioned version of a doctor's. Like, they put leeches on your cock. Like, yeah. It's, like, old school. It's not a good experience. Yikes. And um, basically, at the ver- the last time that happened, the emergency room doctor was just like, listen, if you keep this up, you risk the chance of, like, losing the ability to achieve natural erection. No. And I, I was like, well, that's the end. It's no. not worth it. Uh, no, not at all. Fuck, that's crazy. And it's... I like how you said, like, to preface that the industry wasn't awful to you because, like, I was trying to tell some of my friends and just acquaintances about just talk about how I was looking for new work. And like a vast majority of them was like, I'm so glad you're finally growing out of this phase. And like, (laughs) I'm glad you're over that. I knew you were too happy to be there. Or I, you know, all of this kind of. And I'm like, that's so fucking condescending. Like, it's like. You're not allowed, like, like as a sex worker, I feel like you're not allowed to be, have job burnout while everybody else has it all the time. Right. Because then it's a reflection of your industry. Whereas it's like, then I have to like backpedal and be like, no, 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 it's cool. Like, I'm not allowed to complain about my job because people are like, that must be such a nightmare to do what you do. And I'm like, not any more than any other job. In fact, a lot less. Yeah. I mean, I always make the comparison to... Like, no one is out there like, fuck, you must be, you poor thing working at McDonald's or Starbucks. And it's like, anyone who makes minimum wage at a service industry job is treated like absolute garbage. I mean, I feel so bad for them. And yet, like, you make a decent day rate and someone is like shitty to you on set and people are like, you are exploited. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, I mean, yes, from the capitalist sense of the word, but right. so is everyone else. Um, totally. We're all just these awkward cogs trying to make it work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like you can make like sweeping generalizations about like money and the reasons we do things. But like, I don't know. It's not that much worse than anything else. No. And even though the money, like I was saying in my industry, yeah. at least in the strip industry, isn't as good like comparing it to any other job i've done i'm like i like it so much more for the money i get um how does sex work compare to other types of work that you're doing or that you did before oh well i didn't do a ton of work prior to getting into porn i was like a receptionist at a chiropractor's office in high school and that's a good gig for high school yeah, I mean, I did not make very much money. It was like a part-time gig, and it was fine. But um, then I was in school and doing porn for a long time. Like, I, you know, I worked a little bit on film sets, especially right after I graduated school. Uh, but I was doing, like, very low-end stuff. I, you know, I was just learning. So, like, I was barely ever paid. Or I was oh, paid right. like a hundred bucks a day or something like that Got you. Uh, for something like 12, 14 hours of work. Did the people in school that were your classmates like know you did porn? Was that like a known? Yes, yeah, some of them. Um, I mean, at least the ones I was friends with, I was pretty open about it. And, you know, I don't think that um, p- 
people are as shitty to guys about it. I think especially a lot of men in college think you're like cool because you're, <laughs> you're fucking for a living. I don't know. That's true. That's what Logan was saying when he was on the podcast. He was just saying that like it was more like slaps on the back than I guess if you're a girl doing it, it'd be right different different reception to what you're doing did you have to come out to your parents at some point or did you did they find out on their own oh god what a no, question i i told my mom and it was um well i told everyone eventually but my mom was the big deal because i just knew it like conflicted with her belief system like she's a christian and i don't want to put her down for that i think she's i mean my mother is wonderful and has been wonderful to me my entire life but you know like I knew that doing porn was not something she would approve of. Uh, but the reason I told her um, was because I had started kind of my first long-term relationship of my life with, with another porn performer. Oh, and did you want her to meet your girlfriend? Yes. Yeah, and you didn't, it's like, it would that would have been such a sweeping <laughs> thing not to mention. Yeah, because, you know, like every time you, you bring someone home to meet your parents, they're like, oh, and what do you do? And if, oh. and she was like actually very proud of it, and which I found kind of great. I mean, especially at that time, I didn't, I didn't, I kind of had a conservative view of porn before I got into it, or because I didn't know anything about it. I thought it was, mm. it was like full of just shitty, sleazy people. It's just the same, yeah. like conceptions that anybody learns about sex work before getting into it right i mean i did too like i was in high school and i'm like oh strippers oh easy way out blah it's like no but that's what you're fed that's all you know is what you know exactly so when i like met people in the industry who like enjoyed what they did it was kind of like i don't know i it blew my mind in a way and but i thought that was very cool and so you know i fell in love with this girl and I really wanted her to be a part of my life. So I was like, well, I have to tell my mom, <laughs> which also means that I have to tell her that I'm doing porn. It's like so many new information. Like, <laughs> hey, mom, got a girlfriend, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Um, and she was not like thrilled, honestly, no. <laughs> but her response. I mean, I understand where it came from and I can't fault her for this, but it was more like she was worried about my safety and and things like that. And she got very quiet and kind of, I don't know, but my parents are still like that. They talk on the phone (laughs) to me. Like my dad, when I was job searching, my dad was, he like smiled at me on FaceTime, like smiled at me for the first time in years. I'm like, whoa, but I guess shot that down. Didn't I, uh, gave up on that job search. (laughs) Uh, so you told her, yeah, I mean like parents, I I used to get very offended. Like my parents don't love me, but I think their way of showing they love you is by that kind of concern. Like you're the dangers you're in. Right. Stuff like that. Uh, Actually, that was my next question that you, you already brought up, which was, did you date other porn performers? Like what was like, what was that like? And did you have certain boundaries or emotional boundaries you guys maintained? Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, all of my long-term relationships up to the one that I'm in now. Right. Um, so there have been three and they're all with fellow porn performers. And yeah, I don't really know how it's possible um, to date people outside of sex work where you're in it. I, th- I mean, I've tried very briefly, but they like, I mean, very briefly. It didn't last. Um, But yeah, I think that all of my relationships in porn, we considered ourselves uh, monogamous in some way. And that usually Mm -hmm. meant, uh, you know, we go to work, have sex, 
but outside of that we're with each other and, and specifically emotionally with each other um like you're not like texting other people it's right. like typical relationship stuff right so you know i i think it's very difficult to not like get crushed out on people when you work in that environment because like i definitely what, what do you mean Sorry. well well meaning that i've had so many experiences of going to work being really into the person I'm working with and kind of like crushing out on them for the day. Do you know what I mean? Wait, what does that mean? I'm sorry. Oh, like getting a crush on them. Oh, yeah. getting a crush. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like the grandma Casey. What do you mean there? Oh, uh, this oh, may be sure. like old vernacular by now. Um, for sure. That No, that makes a lot of sense. But, you know, I would try to go home and like put that aside. I mean, it didn't always work, but I, I yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that I really cheated on anyone. It was just sort of, there are like some weird gray areas with stuff like that where like, but my, my girlfriends would also say things like that. I remember one of my girlfriends who got in a fight with me and she's told me something to the degree of, yeah, well, like I was mad at you. So I let so-and-so like fuck me in the bathroom and like, <laughs> oh <my laughs> God. and it was like, that's so blurry. Yeah. So like, fuck. Well, that's a little. In the gray scheme of things, that's a little more black or white. That's pretty pretty strong move. But I've at the time, I just thought it was silly because like so they're funny. still on set, and I know plenty of people do things like that just to get in the mood. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, I don't know. That's hilarious. It's so funny because you know that like most other relationships aren't going to have an argument that contains that point. Right. That's hilarious. Oh my god. Um. So, oh yeah, you're dating somebody now. How yeah. did you all meet? And like. It was she a porn performer or anything? She was not a porn performer. Um, or but any she's, other sex worker? She's never been a sex worker, okay. but she's super like pro porn. It's not like she's like a porn fan necessarily. I mean, maybe to, I don't think so. Anyway, <laughs> but she knew who I was, so I guess to some degree. Uh, but she's a photographer. Her name's Maggie West. Uh, she's actually doing quite well in the world right now or at least has had a lot of crazy press come out about like she did um a big art installation for slut walk this oh, cool. past year that's awesome and Love shot Amber a, Rose. yeah she shot it like a bunch of porn performers she did like a a planned parenthood um thing like a benefit also where she shot a bunch of people who were like Ooh. celebrities or sex workers and things like that and so she's like very uh, in, vicariously involved in that community. Cool. So she's definitely not afraid of it. Like, how no. did you guys meet? She was doing an art book in, uh, of nudes, and uh, she needed to get a couple guys in there. That's so cute. So That's she so cute. slid into my DMs. And oh, my gosh. She hit on you by taking naked photos of you. Yeah. It was, like, the perfect way. <laughs> like, that couldn't have been any more, like, picturesque for you guys. No. I mean, the initial shoot, she wasn't being like that. We, <laughs> she but, wasn't being a Terry Richardson. No, no. It was very, very professional. I'm but, sure, um, yeah. We just kept hanging out and found out we had, like, a lot of things in common. Like, we went, I mean, we went did very, like, vanilla things, like, go to art galleries or, like, book readings. Like, how far were you out of porn at that point? Like, how many years? Um, two and a half, I think. Okay, so you knew yeah. it was behind you and she yeah. did as well. Exactly. And at that point, I'm sure, like, what you're saying, like, you wanted monogamy and you wanted normalcy. I did, yeah. I mean, 
I don't even know if I was looking for that at the moment. I had gotten out of a pretty bad relationship like six to eight months prior. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I was, I guess I was ready at that point and it worked and it's, I mean, I could say like, honestly, it's the best relationship I've been in. We've almost two years, so it's going very well. Yeah. Yeah, My boyfriend and I have been together. Like, what is it? A year and a half maybe, but it, it was the same in the kind of thing where we both had so much crazy sexual history behind us that I think we both burnt out on it by the time we met each other. It's like adorable. Like, because it's not someone who's a prude or who's scared of like right. my line of work or scared what I'm going to do. It's like, we're totally on the same page. And I think just being able to relate about a lot of like the past sex stuff is like kind of nice. Cause they're not judging you about it and he's not, yeah. you know? Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, I totally feel the same way. I mean, I don't want to like blow up her past sex life, but oh, no. I, I'll just <laughs> oh, say no. that like, she's, she, yeah, she's, she understands <laughs> Cool. That's so cool. I love hearing about that. And I also love exploring like porn performers relationships with each other. That's crazy. So when you were in the industry, you said you kind of tried to date outside, but it was probably a bit of a bust. Yeah. I mean, I definitely hooked up with people and had like weeks to months long (laughs) relationships uh, with people outside. But I felt there are either two things happening, like either they would obviously not be okay with it like very soon and like say that and then I was just, well, this is my job and I didn't get that invested or I felt um, like they were kind of eroticizing the the uh, experience. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, oh my God, like you're a porn star, which I just felt like gross about. Like, Yeah, that was always the worst. I've written about that, how dating... For, well, for a long time when I was dating as an early, like in my early days of stripping, like when I would come out to guys about it, it would be like suddenly I was a check off their bucket list. Like one time it was a guy who made this dumb video with his friend and accidentally sent it to me. And it was like them fucking around about him banging a stripper. And it made me feel horrible. Like yeah. it made me feel so dis- like I was like, oh, I thought we liked each other. Right. You know, that, that was like, that's like the greatest part about my boyfriend is like. He's never put it on the table as like a fetish or anything of the sort, you know? Sure. That's fucking gross. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like whatever. I I understand that there are people like that in the world, but I'm certainly not going to be your fucking boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you. <laughs> awesome. So we're going to go to a break, but we'll come back and talk about the book. So I'm stoked Great. about that. Cool. What's up? It's Casey Coop here with Danny Wild, aka Christopher Zyshik. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, close yeah. enough. Zyshik. It? It's Zyshik. Yeah. God damn. We were just talking on the break about it. And of course, I don't remember. That's okay. But um, we're going to talk about his new book that he penned, Body to Job. Um, but first, before we get to that, I kind of want to get to the question that I ask all of my guests, which is what does being free mean to you? Being free? Yeah. It's like the question of the podcast. I guess like how does it apply to your life? What is it? How do you see freedom in your own life? Well, that's a good question. (laughs) I I don't know. I I mean, right now, I don't necessarily feel free. (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess 
in my head that would be like the freedom to to kind of put most of my time into the things I enjoy in life which would be probably my relationship and my creative work which is like things like writing and music and so forth which I don't know I just don't get to do as much as I'd like because of because you're working because I'm working because you're working yeah like a not sex job (laughs) but I guess even that can take so much out of me energetically that's true I mean yeah I mean that's not like porn took a lot of work porn is hard I'm sure stripping is hard I've never done it but um it's just the hours aren't always the same as like normal shit, especially like film jobs, because most of those gigs are like 12 hours a day. Oh, God, Jesus. I work a six hour shift and I'm like, I'm going to die. But it's also pretty active a lot of the time. Yeah. Um. So I guess let's get to your book, Body to Job. This is the third one you've written? It is. Um. So tell me about it. What's it about? I didn't read it. I'm the worst. No, it's OK. Uh, It's very close to a memoir and it's being marketed as one although it's not exactly (laughs) a memoir so it started with me um taking some short stories i'd written about porn and my experiences in porn over the years and going to my publisher with a kind of lazy request to like jumble them together as a short story collection um but we had a few conversations and essentially I decided to go back and really fill this out as yeah as my whole experience in porn as a performer and also gotcha. the few years after which were really hard as a transition. I think I'm doing okay now, but there were a few years that were Wait, tell were me about, I want to hear about that. How how was it difficult kind of transitioning back into the real world, I guess? Um well, I didn't know what to do at first. Uh, you know, I, I did talk to a lot of people in my life who I thought might be able to help me out, and they set me up with interviews and so forth. But you understand, like, if you do sex work for years, you kind of have a massive blank on your resume. Yeah, I just read an article about that. <laughs> it was just, like, so, like, what do I say about this? Yeah. So, like, you know, I had gone to school, thank God. Like, that's useful, but... You, you know, like most jobs still want experience and it's certainly the things that I wanted to do. Um, so I ended up talking to people predominantly in the porn industry because I had relationships with them. So I ended up PAing on a lot of sets. I mm-hmm. did editing. I did some camera work here and there. I wasn't that good at it. But um, like the the drop in income initially yeah. was pretty fucking steep. Mm-hmm. Um and so I then turned to kind of non-porn sex work to deal with that because I wasn't as afraid of like having an erection on set. It didn't matter. It was with, with, you know, like escorting essentially, Mm -hmm. um, which was okay sometimes, but also like very emotionally draining for me. So emotionally taxing. Um, because most of that is, in my opinion, like on unskilled therapy. Totally. And that's, yeah. I think it's a lot of like stripping. And I was hearing a couple girls in the locker room talk about it last night, how one of the girls had kind of commandeered a regular that a few of them were dancing with on multiple occasions. Basically that girl, I guess 
was texting him all day long, like keeping mm. up that side of the relationship. Sure. Another girl last night was talking about how she and I have this regular regular that we share, but she gave him her number. You know, he can text when he's coming in or when she's working. But what ends up happening is he ends up just texting her all the time, like, hey, I can't come in tonight. And she's like <laughs> mad. She's like, why is he texting me that, you know, he can't come in? And it's clear, like, he just wants to start conversations. Like, he just right. wants that emotional connection and like you know emotional babysitting like that's a lot of that's why i don't give my number out it's a lot of what sex work can be and right. i just veer away from that because even just the converse the short conversations i have in the club are so draining you know you're like navigating somebody else's projections and their issues and whatever and it's a lot of work oh i agree so yeah i mean essentially i was in certain parts of my life right after working 40 to 60 hour weeks plus like seeing john's and um or camming or doing whatever the fuck i could to get by and then i had a relationship um which is detailed in the book and i don't want to talk too much about Wait, it i want to hear about at least okay. like what you can give away yeah without I, well it was just um both of us were, were performers and both of us were trying to get out and I don't, it's hard. I, I guess the story in the book about it is, is pretty negative, but we were like, like in love with each other, but in a really codependent way and in a way that was really unhealthy. And it had to do with like, she had a sugar daddy who fucking hated me and like, I was like trying to get us out of this situation and she was like an addict also and it was just like a very insane emotional thing for me to deal with and um I don't know I was really tired and depressed and like just overworked and trying to do my best and I'm out of that situation now thank god Mm. but um yeah I don't know at a certain point I kind of just felt like I don't know what to do I don't know what I'm good at I don't know how to like get into a better place in my life so yeah it's hard it's hard transitioning out of it I know one of my friends who used to dance at the club you know her knees kind of went out basically and she does have a pretty good desk job but then she got hired at a different place that she much would have much rather worked but they found her social media presence and that mm-hmm. like they they revoked the job offer and that like hurts me to hear because that that shit scares me like I'm like but what if I want to get out and my social media presence is forever imprint, imp, yeah. imprint, imprinted. Um, I just feel like that's a scary reality. Has anyone ever found like your online stuff and just been like, uh, never mind? Um, not with the jobs I do these days because it they don't require me as a as a personality or anything. I'm kind of doing like like I'll I set up lights on a set okay. or like or like edit your movie. It's not like. They need my face on anything no. or I'm not <laughs> dealing with the customers. So that hasn't really been an issue for me. So what are some other cool, like interesting stories from the book? Can you touch on like your favorite one? Um, well, there's, I mean, there's stuff about getting in. There's kind of a lot about just my relationships, I guess. And some of that is up and some of that is down. Um, towards the end of the book though, the reason this is not a straight memoir is I I kind of exaggerated a few stories to a point which is like very outside of reality. They're, they kind of become 
violent or extreme towards the end, mostly in like a, it towards me as a character. And I think that has to do with, um, I grew up very into like horror films and heavy metal music and things that are very like theatrical. Uh, and so the kind of media that I gravitate towards is kind of like deals with theatricality in terms of violence and it's kind of a, a dark mm -hmm. aesthetic. Um, and when I get to places about writing about my own experiences that are kind of hard to deal with emotionally, I like, I think it's like <laughs> fun to maybe, um, make it fantastical. Yeah. Just make them more extreme than they are. Mm -hmm. So the end of the book, I mean, that's what all writers do. A yeah, little bit. exactly. But, um, I think you'll definitely get to a couple stories where it's like very obvious that this is no longer like a memoir, but they oh, all nice. start, they all start with like a, a real piece of information you know what i mean yeah like, like a root of an honest yeah, experience exactly i think that is what a lot of writers do though that's interesting like what is like do you have like a crazy story from the book that is really out there that you could tell me about or should i not ask <laughs> like what is like a weird crazy mm. thing from the book well i think leaving the like what i talked about earlier about leaving the industry having to go to the hospital with getting my dick bled, bled out God. is a pretty like horrific real oh, story wow um there is a story about a man that i had a cam relationship with that goes to a pretty crazy place i don't know i don't want to give too much of it away oh it's, no uh, i damn it um, i wish i had read it so <laughs> I could just like ask you the individual parts about it um yeah but a lot of it is not i mean a lot of it is just kind of I don't want to say it's mundane. It's about some like the mundanities of being a sex worker. Yeah. I hope that it's entertaining to read. Totally. I really put a lot of effort into that. But it's, <laughs> it's like it's the mundane normalcy that or that isn't, you know, like yeah. that like when your girlfriend's like, I fucked the guy in the bathroom because I was mad at you. But that was just like on set. So it didn't count. Sure. That's amazing. But you wrote two other books before this one, right? Yes. Um, Can you tell me about those? Are those, those do those have to do with porn? The, the one I wrote right before this, yes. And it is, um, it's kind of like an existential horror story about doing porn. Whoa. And it, so it's about, it also kind of starts with a real experience and then exaggerates it. And it has to do with um, my relationships to fans and sometimes how that kind of gets out of hand. And then kind of... Um, it deals a little bit with like a fluid sexuality. So one of the th issues I bring up even in this book is that um, as a straight quote unquote porn performer, you kind of, you kind of can't dabble in um, any sex with men, at Wait, least that's publicly. What, that's what Logan said. Yeah. Why is that so? I didn't have, I didn't know that was true like for a long time. Okay. So, the, to play devil's advocate, it has to do with um, testing practices. Mm -hmm. So historically speaking, and this may be changing a little bit, but historically speaking, straight porn doesn't use condoms, save for a couple of companies, but they require testing. Uh, it used to be every 30 days. Now it's every 14 days. Right, yeah. So all performers have to be tested within 14 days of doing a scene. Um, in gay porn, however, 
there are no mandates for testing. Oh, I didn't know that at all. I I thought it was all like every no. two weeks. They well, some companies are doing it, but gay porn uses condoms and just says we're using condoms. We don't need a test. And according to like the CDC and stuff like that, statistically speaking, men who have sex with men are at a higher gr- risk for contracting HIV. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, if you're practicing reciprocal anal sex. Um, so then in straight porn, everyone's afraid if you do anything gay that you're basically an HIV risk. And so, uh, (laughs) I learned that pretty early on because I did do some gay scenes, um, early in my career. And then later in my career, some like bi scenes with tested performers, but I almost got blacklisted. That's what Logan was talking about. There was blacklisting if you even do gay porn at all. Yeah. Wow. What did you, were you just like not hired for other scenes at certain points because of um, it? It was specific agencies. So this is not like the, all the testing stuff is not legally mandated. It's kind of an industry wide thing that oh. everyone just agrees on. Cool. Um, which I think is a great idea. But for example, there was an agency that was pretty big that sent out an email right after we had um, an HIV moratorium. And what had happened is a guy who had done both gay and straight porn had gone in and got tested and he came back positive for HIV. Um, it seems most likely, given the circumstances and the facts that have come out after the fact that he was escorting as well. Gotcha. But, I mean, it doesn't matter. He... he the industry came to a standstill we couldn't until we kind of figured out who had it and who didn't um no one could work so cost people a lot of money obviously um and so this one agent wrote an email saying like to all the agencies in the in the straight side of the industry saying like these are the guys that we think have done gay porn and he would like oh attach my God. a picture of, like, <laughs> yeah it's that's put, like a real thing yeah, he put like a picture of me and other guys like from some old box cover of a DVD oh, no. like sucking dicks or whatever. No. And, um, oh my god. We, it's like so comical. <laughs> yeah. From an outside perspective. But it's fucking it was scary. It is scary. Um, so there's some stuff about that uh and it kind like the my last book kind of deals with a brief relationship i had with uh, another young man and but it in the book it goes it's not anything like what really happened um Mm -hmm. but it's about his relationship to his father who is like a fan of mine and who has this whole insane like fantasy thing built up around me uh so it's it's weird it's like definitely a darker book and i think um possibly less accessible than body to job oh this is one of the yeah it's called it's called the wolves that live in skin and space okay i mean i think it's a very easy read but i think you have to kind of be into like darker fiction to get into it wait you touched on um doing camming was that that was a transition period out of porn i did it earlier too i mean i would do it when work was slow so i had a relationship to that at least within the the middle of my career onwards did you feel like that one was i've never done camming did you think it was kind of more emotional labor or Mm. what what was that one like okay so it it can it can be i have there's a story in the book about someone who i ended up camming with almost exclusively for several months and who basically told me that he fell in love with me and i had to end up moving uh because he found my address (gasps) and was planning as a surprise to come and visit me as a surprise 
Well, he told me like once he, he had told bought you the, the surprise. He told me like that he had bought the plane once he'd bought the plane tickets and he had planned this whole Fuck. event for us. Uh, so I moved <laughs> in like a week. <gasps> Jesus Christ, was that scary? Was uh, you said you have like a sometimes weird relationship with your fans? Like, is it is that what you mean? Yeah, uh, that's an example. But yeah, I I don't know if it's my disposition or whatever, but. Um, the people who seem to become like very obsessed with me like develop these very like emotional mm-hmm. attachments and i'll be honest and say in the context of like a camming session i may feed into that um yeah but that's part of yeah. i think like that's part of sex work oh, i like, agree with I you i have so many guys like at my job that tell me you know in so many words that i'm the one and it's like yeah i know that i'm like charming and i'm whatever and i'm playing to what they like but it's like disturbing like don't they know it's i'm still me and i'm great that's fine but i feel like they should know that part part of it is an act or that they don't there's parts of me unseen you know maybe they that they take that as like i want to get to know you better you know but it's like it's that's the scary part and it's really interesting hearing a man talk about getting stalkers especially on a sexual level because so much of the time it's like me and my fucking girlfriends you know i don't hear that yeah. from dudes. well i think it's left out a lot of the of the mainstream conversations because i think in like this is what i think in general our culture is taught to sexualize women so most women especially who aren't sex workers who experience this kind of thing i mean it's it happens more to women but when you sexualize anyone it happens to them. When I talk to my male sex worker friends, I mean, this is very typical. And also from women. It's insane mm-hmm. the, the women are batshit crazy things that we get from women. And it's mm-hmm. always like, oh, men are so horrible. No, women d- are just yeah. as crazy. I think what it is that I've, the difference I've noticed in like, because I, I was just talking to my girlfriends about this and we were talking about how psycho we've been at times, like in various ways and crazy. And I was just saying, like, I really think women can be just as psychotic, obsessive, crazy yeah. as men. Like it's equal. But the difference is like we don't go around like killing people <laughs> so much. <laughs> like that's not our thing. Um, sure. I, that, but it's still scary to have yeah. stalkers. Like I've had sc- uh, really scary messages back when I was like. Uh, writing for playboy that was really scary and it sh- it made me shy away from all of that like i don't know if that was also something that made you be like i'm fucking sick of dealing with this industry is like the weirdos who well, hit you up you know what really just made i mean the thing that made me stop seeing johns and stuff like that was my current relationship and i'm really happy that i made that decision and That's it was so like well, <laughs> oh my God. I mean, you know, I was a little bit scared financially, but I'm not an idiot. I know how to get by. I'd figure it out. I'm figuring it out right now, and mm-hmm. I don't need that shit. And yeah, it's, it's fucking taxing. I have occasionally, throughout the past two years, like done some camming still, um, but I'm very upfront about stuff like that. Like, I don't, like, the. It's of like sometimes a few guys who I who have hit me up via email. I'll do camming with, but they're like, <laughs> they're not looking for that. They're just like yeah. horny dudes who want to like right. do a fuckload of like cocaine and get <laughs> fucked up and like 
just watch me jerk off. It's a really that's weird rad. That's a good situation. Yeah. That's a pretty for me. I'm like that's pretty solid. Yeah. At this point, I think I I just got so sick of of the weirdos that I I think I make it very clear at work that I don't lead them on like I'm gonna hang out with you outside of here. Like I don't do any of that kind of leading on. Yeah. Like I'll be me and I'll be charming, but I don't ever allude to hanging out with them. Or there being a fucking future for us or liking them. I don't even play into their fantasies really anymore. Like I really, it's just like, this is the easiest way for me to like support my art right now. Sure. But you know, you know, there's like different times at which you're like maybe more comfortable giving more of yourself. And I think like in sex work, a lot of us just burn out on that part. Like giving, I guess, more than (laughs) what is emotionally comfortable at the time. Absolutely. I, I guess I can the, relate to is that. that good wording yeah, for that? Yeah, because yeah, I still do it. It's just, it's so like cut and dry for me. Like, okay, you want a lap dance? Like, I'll joke with you, but that's that's it, you yeah. know. And then they're always like, "Do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a boyfriend?" And I don't explicitly say I have one. I'm just like, I just like, I'll be like, I have lots of boyfriends, or like some stupid line. But I, I, sure, I, for, I have noticed that when I it does come out that I have a boyfriend, like they know for some reason or another that they stop spending money on me so it's like this weird like i feel like guys still have to in their head like think that you're single i don't know why it's like a weird thing i don't know either but yeah it's it's the fucking way it is huh right okay Uh, yeah it's just there's so many complexities and i like hearing about like the porn elements of it because it is different but it's kind of the same yeah i mean sure there, uh, there's tons of similarities it seems yeah <laughs> so i guess as for like you have other things going on besides writing creatively you're in a metal band called children is that <laughs> that's true is yeah. it a metal band yeah it's like industrial okay. metal um it's children with two eyes we haven't been super active lately but we're actually going on our first tour in the beginning of april um and i don't know all the information yet but uh, we just put out recently a cover of Rihanna's "Bitch Better Have My Money." That's so rad! You I can love it. Watch the video on YouTube. I'm sure it's lovely. I love that song, and I'm sure a metal version is just spectacular of that. Um, so, do you like because you're not performing anymore as obviously a porn performer? Do you get a catharsis from musical performance? Like, are you a mm. performer in other elements of your life? Not very much these days. I mean, I I guess that is something that I can sometimes miss. But I'm also very... I think when I'm not as busy, I, I tend to miss doing things like that. But when I'm, like, working all the time, I'm burnt out and I don't fucking care. Um, but, yeah, I think that, that performing, like, musically is a kind of catharsis. I mean, certainly growing up, playing in a lot of metal bands... Um, that was like a my way of my form of self-expression or whatever and Mm -hmm. i was always in bands that were like very physical on stage and i liked that part of it um but these days like we we haven't played a lot like we haven't played this year at all um we did only a few shows in 2017 and prior to that we were pretty active um but also for me it's kind of a like i like doing the music video projects because all our music videos are like very heavily art directed and so forth and they're kind of like little horror films the most recent one is probably the funniest i think but it's still very it's weird um and i kind of direct and and 
produce with other people cool. those videos um, so that's like behind the camera too like you were saying that's kind of like your other creative outlet right was performing um as a porn star was that a creative thing for you or like did you i don't know did yeah. was that like a good outlet because for me dancing is like a big thing not really i did i tried briefly to make kind of like artier porn okay. um i did one that that i was very proud of like by myself and then i had a girlfriend that i think it was like in the middle of my career um i want to say a real name but she's in the book under a pseudonym and that was like probably the healthiest relationship i had while in porn and she um wanted to do this she had at one point wanted to do this whole production company and we put a lot of work into it and ended up kind of going into the ground because her business partner really fucked her over unfortunately but um at that point like we were going like beyond the call of duty like i was writing music for these scenes and doing all these like crazy vignettes for the beginning but um it kind of all fizzled out unfortunately but on a regular basis like fucking and porn i don't know i I didn't have a lot of of personal attachment to it honestly okay cool yeah so it's kind of like writing is like the big thing for you right now yeah i think it's i think all of that stuff was kind of on an equal level and writing became the thing that got the biggest audience um and that's and so i kind of have gravitated more towards that just because it's also possible like a lot of the other stuff requires money and writing i can do by myself yeah. when i have the time <laughs> and I, I now have a publisher that like i'm fairly positive will like put out cool. anything i do as long as it's good but I, I feel like i'm decent at writing now like i would say i'm good at it yeah i don't know that's awesome were you a writer like before like back when you were 19 or is this like a newer thing when you got all these stories under your belt no i always kind of wanted to do it i don't know that i ever thought about it as a profession but even in high school and maybe even in middle school i was dabbling with it like i wrote a novel length manuscript in high school oh, that cool. i hope will never see the light of day <laughs> but it, there was something there that like yeah. you had to express that's rad i love that so where can people buy your book follow you etc <laughs> blah 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 um in theory this new book body to job should be available like most places you can at least order it from any bookstore um it's it's definitely on amazon you can get it from uh, my publisher rare bird books which i think is rarebirdlit.com um and if you follow me on social media at danny wild d-a-n-n-y-w-y-l-d-e either on twitter or instagram there's a link to my website which has links to like everything i'm doing everything links on links on links yeah awesome that's rad i am so happy you were here today to share your story with me you're like one of the few people i've had on that i had never met before so like just super nervous like usually i have a rapport with someone and i'm like i'm nervous no, I love I mean, you're great. This oh. has been great. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And thank you to Max Mazel, my producer, Meltdown Comics, my awesome network, which is located at 7522 Sunset Boulevard. If you guys ever want to come down and nerd out, it is the raddest. Plus, there's like discounts for if you bring your dog or your cat. Really? I need to start. Doing, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. They usually put a sign out front. I know. It's nuts. And I'm Casey Coop. And thank you guys so much. Bye.